Hey everyone, before this episode begins, I would just like to apologize in advance for the audio quality. With COVID-19 requiring social distancing, I'm not able to use my recording equipment with guests in person. However, I still wanted to be able to produce episodes for you to listen to, especially since we are all bored at home. With that being said, this is the best I can get the audio without recording in person. I hope these more relaxed episodes will still bring a little light into your day. Remember to stay safe and wash your hands and stay six feet apart. Enjoy! Welcome and thank you for listening to This Little Light of Mine. My name is Lauren and you are listening to a series on formative stories that build people into who they are that will hopefully bring a little light into your day. Today I am joined with Mason. Thank you so much for joining me today. Mason is a junior in high school and is very interested in literature, history, and politics. So Mason, your story begins when you were in middle school. So why don't we start there and will you just kind of talk us through it? Yeah, so I went to a place called Midvale Middle School after I moved to Utah from the state of Georgia. So that's a big, um, for that's a big culture difference already. Um, yeah. Yeah, Georgia is much more uh, evangelical, and in the place where I was, I was outside of Atlanta, uh, it's much more diverse than Utah was. But Midvale was uh, much more diverse than the rest of Utah was. It had people of multiple economic groups, lots of racial minorities, uh, religious minorities. It was one of the only places in Utah where uh, Catholics seemed to outnumber Mormons. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, at Midvale, I was really uh, over for the first little while. I wasn't very, um, wasn't very known, but over time I became pretty, I made lots of great friends. I really was able to blend in with a, uh, I went there for their higher, for their education programs. And I was really able to blend in both with the kids involved in those programs and the kids who weren't because, um, I know I've always been able to handle diversity well. Sure. So you're starting a new middle school. And um, when you started this middle school, was that, were you in sixth grade or were you, um, how old were you? I was in seventh grade the first year that I started. That was, I moved to Utah between sixth and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So you already were dealing with this culture shock from moving from Georgia to Utah. And um, now you're also dealing with, coming to a new middle school and trying to make friends so that process of making friends at this new middle school wasn't the easiest for you so will you talk a little bit about that yeah uh like I said for the first little while for the first few months or so uh it was difficult to really I mean the these are people that had gone to elementary school together you know Mm -hmm. so it's difficult to uh it was the same way when I went to high school. It's difficult to break into friend groups that have been established for, you know, close to a decade. Sure. So it's just, um, it was, it was difficult at first, but over time I really, I made a lot of friends. Uh, I was never bullied in middle school. I had lots of people watching out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually you realized that you had started to develop a crush on one of your friends. So um, can we talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so that was uh, that was different. Uh, I was raised in a conservative environment, and I noticed I started to um, develop a crush on one of my male friends, and I was shocked, and I thought that I was shocked at first, and I didn't really know what to think. So I didn't really think about it at all, mm-hmm. I guess. I kind of s- suppressed that. You just kind of tried to push it away and ignore it and um, yeah. focus on other yeah. things. And I made it seem to everyone else that I was pursuing, you know, girls in the way that middle school boys do. Yeah. So eventually um, you moved from middle school to Corner Canyon High School. And Midville Middle School isn't a middle school that uh, generally feeds into Corner Canyon. So um, you had just kind of established yourself and made friends at Midville, and now you're entering a, an, an entirely new um, group of kids who, again, have had those friendships already established for almost a decade. And um, that, again, Corner Canyon versus Middle or Midville Middle is a different culture as well. So um, what were yeah. what were some of the biggest differences that you noticed? first thing I noticed when I walked into the school is how uh, white everybody was. Um, it's a much more, it's a much more homogenous school. Uh, much like what, something like 80% of the school population is white. Mm-hmm. Uh, much richer school, uh, much more conservative school than Midvale ever was. So that was, it was different when I, you know, in Georgia and then at Midvale, they've been used to such mm-hmm. diversity. Yeah. Um, that was um, like a major culture shock, I guess. Yeah. So um, besides this culture shock, you are having to um, adjust to that, but also try to find new friends. And so you, your parents promised you that you would have plenty of friends by the end of the first quarter. But ultimately, you said that it felt like it took you almost two and a half years to feel like you had a group of people that you were consistently comfortable with and, um, you know, could could feel like you could be yourself around right yeah yeah and that was um very disappointing Mm -hmm. I felt very isolated for a long time and that was you know frustrating uh, especially when you know I was I could have chosen to go to high school with all my friends from middle school uh but it would have you know been a been hard on everyone to try and get me there since it was so far away Mm -hmm. so I had to um when I went to Corner Canyon I felt like oh it'll be all right um I'll just make lots of friends I'll do well in school and I did well in school but the friends thing didn't didn't really happen and I kind of just started losing interest and even trying to make the effort for a little Mm -hmm. while so this um, began to lead you into a depression. So um, you had talked to me about how you felt completely alone. Will you kind of elaborate on how you were feeling in this time when you were struggling to make friends and establish yourself at Corner Canyon? Yeah, it's uh, difficult to describe for someone who's never experienced it. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, uh, over time, environmental factors can cause your brain to produce less than adequate dopamine, like happy chemicals, you know? Yeah. And uh, that can make you feel very lethargic and melancholic almost all the time. Uh, it's almost like 
can make it hard to think sometimes like someone's like there's a pressure in your head and you can just feel so you know uh sad and lonely mm-hmm. for extended periods of time and very small things are able very few things are able to alleviate that had uh, you had you discussed um your depression that you were experiencing with your parents at all or um were you kind of alone in, in this battle i had uh discussed it with my parents but i was um i was not being completely honest with them mm-hmm. i wasn't talking about my uh, sexual orientation or my feelings on uh, uh, political or religious matters within my family. Mm-hmm. So they didn't understand. And it was, uh, they got helped get me on antidepressants, which can increase uh, the risk of, uh, of suicidal ideology. Mm-hmm. And that kind of contributed to just feeling like for two or three weeks, will you adjust the medication? You just feel like even crappier than you did before. And then hopefully you'll feel better once you get, once you get, uh, once you get adjusted to the Mm -hmm. medicine. Sure. But those, I rejected many different kinds of medicines. And so I had to go through those two to three weeks a lot. And it was, uh, put me in a, in a very dark place where yeah. I felt like nothing mattered. No one loved me. There was no point. Mm-hmm. So um, while you're struggling with this depression and you're still trying to find and plant yourself at Corner Canyon, your sophomore year, you began to try to be as involved as possible. So you began to make some more friends, but that wasn't helping as much. And eventually you were hospitalized. So will you talk a little bit about your experience with that? When I was uh, 15, 16, it's, it's still difficult to make friends, even though I was trying to get involved with things like theater, which um, my family has been doing for like several decades. Uh, so I was familiar with theater, so I tried to get involved with that. And I, you know, talked to some people at rehearsals, but it was still difficult uh, to really, really break into these established friend groups. And, uh, you know, it's at a, uh, it just became so difficult. I felt like nothing was working and, uh, I ended up spending a night in the hospital, uh, during, during a musical, we were, uh, during rehearsals, uh, and I was, I was just feeling overwhelmed with everything that I had going on and I felt like there wasn't really anyone I could explain all of it too. Mm-hmm. Sure. So at this time you also came out to your parents and um they are a lot more um conservative than you are on religious and political views. And so um you had said to me that they initially thought that you were just confused and that it honestly took nearly a year and a half before they accepted that you were gay and that that had caused some problems in your family. So um what kind of not problems necessarily, but what kind of arguments stem from that? And how did that change family dynamics at home? Well, it, uh, there was a bit of a misunderstanding from not being open enough, I guess, with my parents, where uh, they seemed to understand that questioning your sexual identity was uh, normal for teenagers. And that, uh, 
and um they f and they didn't realize how long I had been how long this had been going on for so that miscommunication caused a lot of problems where I felt like I wasn't really being listened to um my parents felt like I wasn't being honest with them uh and that that caused problems as we I mean as I uh became more frustrated with the fact that I felt like I couldn't be myself within the culture I was raised in, uh, my parents became more frustrated because they felt like I wasn't being honest with them, because really deep down I wanted to avoid conflict. During this time, you had kind of held back a lot from your parents, and um, I would assume that it was out of shame, but I don't want to make that assumption. I would like you to discuss that, that um, you had not told them um, in full honesty that you had been facing some sexual battery and harassment and even some physical assault and it was all because of your sexual orientation so um, we talk a little bit about uh, those experiences and how they affected you emotionally and why you chose yeah. to um, keep them from your parents for so long well uh, first of all it wasn't as much shame as much as a, a desire to avoid sure, conflict that totally makes sense yeah, um, I wasn't ashamed of who I was, but I was afraid that my parents were, and I just didn't want to cause problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, People in my uh, church group, the boys in my church group, had assumed for a while that I was gay based from how, I don't know, effeminate or unmanly I was. Uh, All stereotypes. So I, yeah, so I was on the receiving end of... Uh, sexual battery and physical assault and that caused problems for me because a alienated me from the boys in the in that group who i who for a while had been my only friends in utah Mm -hmm. and it also uh it also made it made me feel more like i was alone i had trouble sleeping for a while uh but I've I've been able to overcome those things with um, therapy and medication. Mm-hmm. So now um, your life is a lot better now that you've been able to um, kind of, I mean, obviously come out to your parents, but also come out about how all the um, emotional trials that you had gone through and you've been able to improve your depression and get a better friend group and get involved in high school, especially in the theater department. And um, will you talk a little bit about, uh, like, compare your life now in high school? Uh, Now I have a a sense of self-value and self-worth. You know, you still feel the same emotions that everyone does when, you know, you you feel like you're being left out. But it's not not debilitating. Uh, You know, you can still do stuff. I've learned ways to... uh, be fine on my own because uh, even still, I, social interaction is can can be difficult. Like I said, because these friend groups have been around for so long, you feel like you don't really fit in. Mm-hmm. So I've I've spent a lot of time learning ways to be happy without other without receiving validation from uh, your peers. Yeah, which is important for which is incredibly important for anyone. Uh, you know, things like enjoyable activities or uh, attacking your negative thoughts 
can really help you out. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I do have closer friends. I play D&D with some boys every about every month or so. I uh, play basketball with my brothers. I'm way more physically involved, which has helped a lot. And so overall, I feel a lot better about life and my future. And I feel like I have the tools to pursue the future that I want. Yeah. If you were able to talk to um, your, yourself as a freshman entering high school, not having a great set of friends, um, not having the best self-confidence, what advice would you give yourself? I'd inform myself that my uh, that your self-worth is reliant not on what other people think of you, but as your uh, intrinsic value as a human being, as uh, someone who can make choices with conscious thought. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of philosophy, so that re- I know that that's really what differentiates us from, from animals. And I would tell myself to try and get involved. And even though validation shouldn't from others shouldn't be, you know, your whole life, it is important. You know, we are social creatures. It's important to have good friends and have, have people you can trust. Yeah. So throughout this kind of dark time in your life, this journey that you've been able to go through, what is one light that has come out of it? Uh, well, I've been able to come to terms with my, uh, uh, my sexual, religious, political identity. And even though my family doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily agree with them, uh, we've been able to maintain our relationships and, some of them have even gotten stronger uh, now that we understand each other more fully. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, if any listeners are struggling with depression or anxiety and they are part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, I encourage you to call the Trevor Lifeline. Um, they have trained counselors that are there to support you 24 seven. If you are a young person in crisis and you can call them at one 866 With that being said, I want to thank you so much, Mason, for coming and joining me today and sharing your light. Thank you so much, Lauren, for setting this up. Thank you to the audience for choosing to tune in. And I hope you will join us next time to hear another formative story. This has been This Little Light of Mine with Lauren.